Day and night and night and day, the living creatures give their praise. To Him who lives eternally, they never cease from saying, Holy, holy is Yahweh. Hello, welcome to Walking in the Word. My name is Shel Wagner, and I'm so glad you came to join me today. We are starting the book of 2 Samuel today, and I hope this, this reading is a blessing unto you. I'm going to go ahead and get started right away. Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 1. After the death of Shaul, David returned from his victory over the Amalekites and spent two days in Ziklag. On the third day, a man arrived from Shaul's army camp. He had torn his clothes and put dirt on his head to show that he was in mourning. He fell to the ground before David in deep respect. Where have you come from? David asked. I escaped from the Israelite camp, the man replied. What happened? David demanded. Tell me how the battle went. The man replied, our entire army fled from the battle. Many of the men are dead and Shaul and his son, Jonathan, are also dead. How do you know Shaul and Jonathan are dead? David demanded of the young man. The man answered, I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Shaul leaning on his spear with the enemy chariots and charioteers closing in on him. When he turned and saw me, he cried out for me to come to him. How can I help? I asked him. He responded, who are you? I'm an Amalekite, I told him. Then he begged me, come over here and put me out of my misery, for I am in terrible pain and want to die. So I killed him, the Amalekite told David, for I knew he couldn't live. Then I took his crown and his armband, and I have brought them here to you, my lord. David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. They mourned and wept and fasted all day for Shaul and his son, Jonathan, and for Yahweh's army and the nation of Yasharel, because they had died by the sword that day. Then David said to the young man who had brought the news, Where are you from? And he replied, I am a foreigner an Amalekite who lives in your land. Why were you not afraid to kill Yahweh's anointed one? David asked. Then David said to one of his men, kill him. So the man thrust his sword into the Amalekite and killed him. You have condemned yourself, David said, for you yourself confessed that you killed Yahweh's anointed one. Then David composed a funeral song for Shaul and Jonathan, and he commanded that it be taught to the people of Yehuda. It is known as the Song of the Bow, and it is recorded in the book of Jasher. Your pride and joy, O Yasharel, lies dead on the hills. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice and the pagans will laugh in triumph. 
O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fruitful fields producing offerings of grain. For there the shield of the mighty heroes was defiled. The shield of Shaul will no longer be anointed with oil. The bow of Jonathan was powerful, and the sword of Shaul did its mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Shaul and Jonathan. They were together in life and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Yasharel, weep for Shaul, for he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing and garments decorated with gold. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother Jonathan. Oh, how much I loved you. And your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen, stripped of their weapons. They lie dead. Second Samuel chapter two. After this, David asked Yahweh, should I move back to one of the towns of Yehuda? Yes, Yahweh replied. Then David asked, which town should I go to? To Hebron, Yahweh answered. David's two wives were Ahinoam from Yezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel. So David and his wives and his men and their families all moved to Yehuda and they settled in the villages near Hebron. Then the men of Yehuda came to David and anointed him king over the people of Yehuda. When David heard that the men of Yabesh Gilead had buried Shaul, he sent them this message. May Yahweh bless you for being so loyal to your master Shaul and giving him a decent burial. May Yahweh be loyal to you in return and reward you with his unfailing love. And I too will reward you for what you have done. Now that Shaul is dead, I ask you to be my strong and loyal subjects like the people of Yehuda who have, who have anointed me as their new king. But Abner, son of Ner, the commander of Shaul's army, had already gone to Mahanaim with Shaul's son Ishbosheth. There he proclaimed Ishbosheth king over Gilead, Jezreel, Ephraim, Binyamin, the land of the Asherites, and all the rest of Yasharel. Ishbosheth. Shaul's son was 40 years old when he became king, and he ruled from Mahanaim for two years. Meanwhile, the people of Yehuda remained loyal to David. David made Hebron his capital, and he ruled as king of Yehuda for seven and a half years. One day, Abner led Ishbosheth's troops from Mahanaim to Gibeon. About the same time, Joab, son of Zeruah, led David's troops out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. The two groups sat down there, facing each other from opposite sides of the pool. Then Abner suggested to Joab, Let's have a few of our warriors fight hand to hand here in front of us all night, Joab agreed. 
All right, Yoab agreed. So 12 men were chosen to fight from each side. 12 men of Benjamin representing Ishbosheth, son of Shaul, and 12 representing David. Each one grabbed his opponent by the hair and thrust his sword into the other side so that all of them died. So this place at Gibeon has been known ever since as the field of swords. A fierce battle followed that day and Abner and the men of Yasharel were defeated by the force of da forces of David. Yoab, Abishai, Ashahel, the three sons of Zeruah were among David's forces that day. Ashael could run like a gazelle and he began chasing Abner. He pursued him relentlessly, not stopping for anything. When Abner looked back and saw him coming, he called out, is that you? Asahel? Yes, it is, he replied. Go fight someone else, Abner warned. Take on one of the younger men and strip him of his weapons. But Asahel kept right on chasing Abner. Again, Abner shouted to him, get away from here. I don't want to kill you. How could I ever face your brother, Joab, again? But Asahel refused to turn back. So Abner thrust the butt end of his spear through Ashahel's stomach, and the spear came out through his back. He stumbled to the ground and died there, and everyone who came by that spot stopped and stood still when they saw Ashahel lying there. When Joab and Abishai found out what had happened, they set out after Abner. The sun was just going down as they arrived at the hill of Amah near Gia along the road to the wilderness of Gibeon. Abner's troops from the tribe of Benjamin regrouped there at the top of the hill to take a stand. Abner shouted down to Joab, must we always be killing each other? Don't you realize that bitterness is the only result? When will you call off your men from chasing their Israelite brothers? Then Joab said, Elohim only knows what would have happened if you hadn't spoken, for we would have chased you all night if necessary. So Yahab blew the shofar and his men stopped chasing the troops of Yasharel. All that night, Abner and his men retreated through the Yardan Valley. They crossed the Yardan River, traveling all through the morning and didn't stop until they arrived at Mahanaim. Meanwhile, Yoab and his men also returned home. When Yoab counted his casualties, he discovered that only 19 men were missing in addition to Asahel. But 360 of Abner's men had been killed, all from the tribe of Benjamin. Yoab and his men took Asahel's body to Bethlehem and buried him there in his father's tomb. Then they traveled all night and reached Hebron at daybreak. Chapter 3. That was the beginning of a long war between the house, between those who were loyal to Shaul and those loyal to David. As time passed, David became stronger and stronger, while Shaul's dynasty became weaker and weaker. These are the sons who were born to David in Hebron. The oldest was Amnon, whose mother was Ahinoam from Jezreel. The second was Daniel, 
whose mother was Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel. The third was Absalom, whose mother was Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. The fourth was Adinojah, whose mother was Hagith. The fifth was Shephatiah, whose mother was Abatai, Abatal. The sixth was, was Ithraim, whose mother was Eglah, David's wife. These sons were all born to David in Hebron. As the war between the house of Shaul and the house of David went on, Abner became a powerful leader among those loyal to Shaul. One day, Ishbosheth, Shaul's son, accused Abner of sleeping with one of his father's concubines, a woman named Rizpah, daughter of Ai. Abner was furious. Am I some Judean dog to be kicked around like this? He shouted, after all I have done for your father, Shaul, and his family and friends by not handing you over to David, is this my reward that you find fault with me about this woman? May Elohim strike me and even kill me if I don't do everything I can to help David get what Yahweh has promised him. I'm going to take Shaul's kingdom and give it to David. I will establish the throne of David over Yasharel as well as Yehuda, all the way from Dan in the north to Bathsheba in the south. Ishbosheth didn't dare say another word because he was afraid of what Abner might do. Then Abner sent messengers to David saying, doesn't the entire land belong to you? Make a solemn pact with me and I will help turn over all of Yasharel to you. All right, David replied, but I will not negotiate with you unless you bring back my wife, Michal, Shaul's daughter, when you come. David then sent this message to Ish-bosheth, Shaul's son. Give me back my wife, Michal, for I bought her with the lives of a hundred Philistines. So Ishbosheth took Michal away from her husband, Palti, son of Laish. Palti followed along behind her as far as Baharim, weeping as he went. Then Abner told him, Go back home. So Palti returned. Meanwhile, Abner had consulted with the elders of Yasharel. For some time now, he told them, you've wanted to make David your king. Now is the time. For Yahweh has said, I have chosen David to save my people, Yasharel, from the hands of the Philistines and from all their other enemies. Abner also spoke with the men of Benjamin. Then he went to Hebron to tell David that all the people of Yasharel and Benjamin had agreed to support him. When Abner and 20 of his men came to Hebron, David entertained them with a great feast. Then Abner said to David, let me go and call an assembly of all Yasharel to support my Lord, the king. They will make a covenant with you to make you their king, and you will rule over everything your heart desires. So David sent Abner safely on his way. 
But just as David had sent Abner away in safety, Joab and some of David's troops returned from a raid, bringing much plunder with them. When Joab arrived, he was told that Abner had just been there visiting the king and had been sent away in safety. Joab rushed to the king and demanded, what have you done? What do you mean by letting Abner get away? You know perfectly well that he came to spy on you and find out everything you're doing. Joab then left David and sent messengers to catch up with Abner, asking him to return. They found him at the well of Sarah and brought him back, though David knew nothing about it. When Abner arrived back at Hebron, Yoav took him aside at the gateway as if to speak with him privately, but then he stabbed Abner in the stomach and killed him in revenge for killing his brother Asahel. When David heard about it, he declared, I vow by Yahweh that I and my kingdom are forever innocent of this crime against Abner, son of Ner. Yoav and his, his, and his family are the guilty ones. May the family of Yoav be cursed in every generation with a man who has open sores or leprosy or who walks on crutches or dies by the sword or begs for food. So Yoav and his brother Abishai killed Abner because Abner had killed their brother Ashael at the battle of Gibeon. Then David said to Yoav and all those who were with him, tear your clothes and put on burlap, mourn for Abner. And King David himself walked behind the procession to the grave. They buried Abner in Hebron and the king and all the people wept at his graveside. Then the king sang this funeral song for Abner. Should Abner have died as fools die? Your hands were not bound. Your feet were not chained. No, you were murdered, the victim of a wicked plot. And all the people wept again for Abner. David had refused to eat anything on the day of the funeral, and now everyone begged him to eat. But David had made a vow saying, may God strike me and even kill me if I eat anything before sundown. This pleased the people very much. In fact, everything the king did pleased them. So everyone in Yehuda and all Yasharel understood that David was not responsible for Abner's murder. Then King David said to his officials, don't you realize that a great commander has fallen today in Yasharel? And even though I am the anointed king, these two sons of Zeruiah, Yoav and Abishai, are too strong for me to control. So may Yahweh repay these evil men for their evil deeds. Chapter four. When Ishbosheth, Shaul's son, heard about Abner's death at Hebron, he lost all courage and all Yasharel became paralyzed with fear. Now there were two brothers, Ba'anah and Rakab, who were captains of Ishbosheth's raiding parties. They were sons of Ramon, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, who lived in Beroth. 
the town of Baroth is now part of Benjamin's territory because the original people of Baroth fled to Gitaim, where they still live as foreigners. Shaul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Shaul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. One day, Rechab and Ba'anah, the sons of Ramon and Baroth, went to Ishbosheth's house around noon as he was taking his midday rest. The doorkeeper, who had been sifting wheat, became drowsy and fell asleep. So Rechab and Ba'anah slipped past her. They went into the house and found Ishbosheth sleeping on his bed. They struck and killed him and cut off his head. Then, taking his head with them, they fled across the Yardan Valley through the night. When they arrived at Hebron, they presented Ishbosheth's head to David. Look, they exclaimed to the king, here is the head of Ishbosheth, the son of your enemy Shaul, who tried to kill you. Today, Yahweh has given my Lord, the king, revenge on Shaul and his entire family. But David said to Rakab and Ba'anah, Yahweh, who saves me from all my enemies, is my witness. Someone once told me Shaul is dead, thinking he was bringing me good news. But I seized him and killed him at Ziklag. That's the reward I gave him for his news. How much more should I reward evil men who have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed? Shouldn't I hold you responsible for his blood and rid the earth of you? So David ordered his young men to kill them, and they did. They cut off their hands and feet and hung their bodies beside the pool in Hebron. Then they took Ishbosheth's head and buried it in Abner's tomb in Hebron. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed those first four chapters and that you'll uh, join me the next time as we start back in chapter five. Shalom. Day and night and night and day The living creatures give their praise To Him who lives eternally They never cease from saying Holy, holy is Yahweh